Hello, hello. You're listening to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I'm your host, Joanna Cifredo. And I'm your host, Rebecca Kling. On our last episode, we discussed pretty privilege and how being seen as attractive impacts the treatment that said individuals receive as a result of their looks. One of the areas that we touched on was our experiences with street harassment. Joanna, you brought up an interesting essay you wrote a while back titled, I'm a feminist and I have a love-hate relationship with street harassment. I want to talk about that love-hate relationship, but before we begin, let's define street harassment. We touched on street harassment back in episode one, and we used that definition from stopstreetharassment.org. We'll link to the full definition in the episode notes, but street harassment boils down to unwanted comments, gestures, actions forced on a stranger in a public space. And in particular, street harassment is directed at someone because of their actual or perceived sex, gender, gender expression, or sexual orientation. Street harassment is part of a larger system of exerting power to police gender, sexuality, and our bodies. In this system, the male gaze ultimately gets to determine who is desirable and who is not, as well as who gets to occupy public space, how, when, and where. Taking time to talk about that last part, who gets to occupy public space, seems really important. When we talk about street harassment, we often focus on You know, I'm not even sure what language to use here. We often focus on street harassment that, to some, might sound positive or complimentary. Oh, you mean things like, hey, sexy, or why don't you smile? Yeah, street harassment that in some way says, I find you desirable. Unless you don't then smile and say, thank you, kind sir, for that sage advice, in which then you're labeled a bitch. (laughs) Right. So there's... I don't want to say that it's desirable street harassment. Uh, Street harassment that stems from a place of desirability, perhaps? Yeah, the the target of the street harassment is in some way desired by the harasser. Is there a shorter way to say that? Um, sexualized street harassment, maybe? I don't know, because negative street harassment can still be sexual. But comments like, you should smile more, come from a place of assuming a woman's job in public space is to please men. Although sometimes men don't even realize they're playing into this system. How so? So I have a friend who will remain nameless, who was a street harasser. He would give unsolicited compliments to women he didn't know went out in public. I want a diamond ring, I want some I called him out on it and he had this whole justification. He would say, oh, no, 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 I only speak to women when they're in groups, not women who are alone. He would say he wouldn't slow down. So it was clear he was just making a passing comment and not trying to start a conversation. And he said he was careful not to do it late at night or in places he thought women would feel unsafe. He had this whole way of thinking about it that convinced him this was okay. Ah, the ethical street harasser. Basically, he really thought that with these rules, he could compliment women and ensure that it was going to be a positive experience for them. (laughs) So what happened? So we had a lot of conversations and a lot of disagreements and arguments about it. I finally managed to convince him that even if his intent is good, even if some of the women did appreciate it, he was still perpetuating this fucked up system that gave him and other men the authority to police people's appearances. It's funny because I actually street harassed the other day, although I don't know if it would technically fall under that category. What did you do? I was walking to the salon and I saw this girl slaying this outfit. So I complimented her and said, girl, I see you work in that outfit. I see the intentionality behind it. And she laughed and said, thank you. Because that's a totally different power dynamic. Men just need to leave complimenting women to women. 
Right, because the majority of stuff we do at Get Dolled Up is for each other. I don't spend 20 minutes making my wingtips lined up and perfect because I think men are going to notice. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's or maybe it's just a good endocrinologist. Truth. So circling back, it seems like most conversations about street harassment are really focusing on that type of street harassment. Street harassment that comes from this place of, of the person who's doing the harassing desiring the person they're targeting. But there's also street harassment that comes from disdain, like things like, hey, faggot, or fuck you, tranny. Which, in a lot of ways, just feels like a type of bullying. Well, it's not just bullying. The public part makes it street harassment, but it also feels different than hey, sexy. Because hey, sexy may escalate to physical harm, but yelling hey, faggot is immediately confrontational. Someone yells hey, tranny, they're trying to instill fear in you and take away your sense of safety. And we want to be clear, we're not trying to set up a hierarchy here or to say that some forms of street harassment are good and some are bad. We're more trying to understand how different types of street harassment function. Although we're saying street harassment so much, it's starting to sound a little weird. Can you read a little bit from your essay? Sure. But to give some context, I was writing about how to be a feminist, it sometimes feels as though you're expected to agree that all women hate all comments directed to them in public all the time. So I wrote... Although I recognize some behaviors as problematic in the greater system, I still internalize somebody saying, good morning, gorgeous, as an acknowledgement and affirmation of my identity. Identity I fought for many years to achieve and be recognized. Women like me who know that this is not something we need, but certainly brings a smile to our face. If it is true that oppression and privilege can coexist within the same vessel, could it then also be true that a woman like myself who strongly believes in a world free of sexual violence, who yearns for the day when we replace rape culture with a culture of consent, can also, on a personal level, have a love-hate relationship with street harassment. That really resonates with me. I remember one of the first times I was going out somewhere fancy as Rebecca. A friend and I were walking from her car to the bar, and a man made eye contact with me as we crossed the street and said, nice leg. This was maybe the first positive public comment someone had ever made to me about my appearance as a woman, and I really wasn't sure how to feel about it. On the one hand, I was annoyed that he felt, like, entitled to comment on my body, and I wasn't sure if I was about to be made unsafe. But on the other hand, it did really feel validating and a little empowering. Like, yeah, my legs are nice. You do have nice legs. Aw, shucks. When we talk about street harassment, though, we often center the voices and experiences of pretty cis white women. We don't talk enough about the intersections of race and class. Women of color have more experience living in high-density urban areas and are more likely to take public transportation. We don't talk about women who have grown desensitized to having their bodies policed and sexualized by the male gaze. Focusing on the experience of pretty cis white women also doesn't capture how butch women, effeminate men, and androgynous or non-binary folks are constantly subjected to public comments and ridicule. What about trans women? What about trans women? Well, this is the trans-specific partnership. I mean, you came up with the name. The name is amazing, and I was getting to that, because of course anyone seen as trans is much more likely to get hostile street harassment, as well as being at risk for physical harassment, violence, or worse. Right, so I grew up consistently being called faggot and having spitballs and pebbles thrown at me as I walked to him from school. 
Given that history, it's very difficult for me to feel genuine outrage when someone says good morning gorgeous or hey sexy. And that's not to trivialize those comments, it's just to provide honest context. Which totally makes sense. Thinking about my own thought process after I was told I had nice legs, I wasn't used to strangers commenting about my appearance, let alone being the target of spitballs or pebbles. And I've always experienced a consistent policing of my gender, my body, and how I navigate through the world. That also ties into my identity as a woman of color. Because to be honest, the other women in my family, my mom, my aunts, my grandma, are straight up confused on the rare occasion I do complain about street harassment. Why is that? Because they see street harassment as just another part of being a woman. And since I work so hard to become a woman, why should I complain about that aspect of womanhood? My grandma honestly likes it. Some of that may be cultural and some of it may be generational, but she tells me like, oh, you're going to miss it when you get older. Just wait. And she perceives Hey Sexy as like a genuine compliment. And the women in my family also know how much I was bullied growing up. So to them, I should be all that much more thankful for the comments that I receive now. Hmm. It's almost as if we shouldn't say that all women feel the exact same way about their experiences when moving through the world. Gee, you think? To be crystal clear, Joanna and I are in no way endorsing street harassment. Rather, we want to have an honest conversation about the many different ways people experience it and how our identities and backgrounds inform our views around it. Street harassment is absolutely part of a larger system that works to keep all people locked in specific gender roles and behaviors. But it's also possible to take issue with street harassment at a systemic level while not always being offended by the comments we receive on a personal level. And both can be true at the same time. I can take issue with a comment on a systemic level while still also feeling a little affirmed in my womanhood. And we shouldn't beat ourselves up for having these complicated or nuanced feelings about street harassment. We shouldn't feel guilty about it. You actually ended your essay on street harassment talking a little bit about guilt. Yes, I did. I said, if we allow the feeling of guilt for feeling good by something that someone called us on the street to keep us from speaking out against street harassment, it serves all of us no good and will only function as another system of oppression in the perpetuation of rape culture. You went on to say, we mustn't allow that complacency to dominate our actions or to give that complacency too much space in our lives. And we must be well aware that complacency is dangerous. My girlfriend Juliana said it best. We must never, ever forget that while one of us is being called gorgeous, someone else is being called a faggot. We want to hear your thoughts and your feelings about street harassment in the comments or on social media. We'll continue this conversation in the future, but for now you can find us on Facebook by searching Transpacific Partnership and on Twitter or Instagram at Transpacific. And reviewing us on iTunes or anywhere else makes it easier for other people to find the Transpacific Partnership, so a positive review would really help us out. Holla at you next time. As an acknowledgement and affirmation of my identity. And I did. <laughs> I'm gonna go check on my roommate. <laughs> <laughs>